Amen. Thank you, Jamie and choir and orchestra for leading us in worship. And as I like to do on this Sunday every year, I want to congratulate you for perfect attendance for the year for church. Um, so congratulations. I knew that you could do it. And I'm so proud of you for your faithfulness there and, and glad that you're here this morning. I want to remind you that our, our Wednesday night activities will begin this Wednesday night. So if you got your worship tab in, inside there, you can check on the back there um, for our um, fellowship meal. That will help us in preparing that meal, and you can leave that in the worship um, and in our offering plate in just a few moments. We'll have our preschool, our children, and student activities, as well as all of our adults. We will be here um, this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. in the sanctuary, as we will have the, the privilege of ordaining three new men into the deacon ministry, and so want you to be a part of that special service. I hope that you're up to date on your Bible reading plan. If you're joining us and reading through the New Testament, we still have that Foundations book available. It'll be in the Church Street foyer right after service. But there's two other ways that you can stay up to date. Um, Debbie Bishop has printed a, a one-page, it's folded little brochure that just has the Scripture readings. And those are available throughout the, um, the campus if you'd like to pick one of those up. But also, on the back of your worship guide, each week we will give you the week's readings so that you can stay up to date with us if you're trying to follow along and read through the New Testament with us. Remember, that's one chapter a day, five days a week, and you will be up to date with us. In 2015, our church family adopted a new mission statement. It's really just based off of the Great Commission. It's nothing really that innovative. But our church was going in lots of different directions, and we were doing a lot of good things, but we just needed to get on the same page. And so what's our mission statement? In case you can't remember, it's really easy. It's four words. Reach people and make disciples. Right? I got nervous when I said four words and I started counting there. That's it. We want to reach people, but not just reach them with the gospel. It doesn't stop there. We want to make disciples, which means they grow in their walk with the Lord. And, and they not only want to, to grow in their own walk, but they want to reach other people and share the gospel with other people. But it's great to have a mission statement. It's great to say, this is the direction I'm going and this is where I want to end up. But it's another thing to say, well, how am I going to get there? What's the process for how we're going to get to this place, this journey where we're going? And so our process, it involves reach, connect, serve. So we're going to talk about that this morning and this message that I've called the state of the church. And I've actually divided this message into two parts because I thought you might get a little bored from hearing from me. And there's lots of information and lots of, of numbers and figures. And, and that's going to be kind of in the first part. We're going to see how did we do as a church in 2018 as we were reaching and connecting and serving. And then we're going to worship for a little bit more. And then I'm going to come back just briefly. Don't get too upset, all right? It'll be briefly. And it's all within the same parameters of our normal worship hour. So you'll still beat the Methodist for lunch, most of, most of us. And then we're going to look at what are the direction, what's the direction, what are the focus that we have as we move forward as a church in 2019. So let's jump in and we begin with reach. And reach involves our worship, evangelism, and missions. This, these are vital elements as to who we are as a church. So we'll begin with worship and we'll say, let's involve our Sunday morning worship services. Where are we going? How do we do in 2018? Well, if you look just at our averages, in 2018, we averaged 675 people in worship, which over the last five years is a 10% increase. And so that's a, a good thing to see. 
There, there's two things in particular that we saw in 2018 that I think have contributed to where we are today as a church family. The first would be the strengthening of our combined worship service. And the second, no doubt, would be the addition of Matt Rouse as our minister of music. So we're going to talk about both of those in detail for just a second. Let's look first at the way that we have combined our worship services. In October of 2017, we made an important and I think a strategic but difficult decision that we were going to combine the Rock Campus with our sanctuary service. Now know that when we made that decision prayerfully and as we walked through that journey, we knew that Satan wanted to use this combination as a foothold. He wanted to distract us. He wanted to to use this to deter us from, from fulfilling that mission that he had called us to. We easily, any one of us, could have dug in our heels and said, that's not what I want. That's not my preference. I want to worship in this environment. I want to sing this kind of music. I want this kind of instrumentation. But instead, that's not what happened. Instead, what we saw was everyone sacrificed in some area. Everyone bent in one direction or another. Why? For the person sitting next to you, the person sitting behind you, the person sitting in the balcony, the person sitting over here. We work together as a family. And as a result, today, we enjoy a multi-generational service where grandparents, grandchildren, and children all worship in one room. Now you say, what's the the big deal about a multi-generational service? Why is that so important? Well, the benefits of us worshiping together as a church family, number one is we have seen students involved in actually leading in worship. They're not just here participating in worship, but you see them in the praise team. You saw one this morning. We see them in the orchestra every week. We see them in the choir. We also see, because we're combined, the younger generation, they continue to learn the hymns of the faith. Now hear me, I'm not all about just tradition for tradition's sake. There are a lot of things that are tradition that we say, why do we do it? I don't know why we do it. But the reason I think it's important that we teach every generation some of the hymns of the faith is because some of the strongest texts in Christian literature that we have, they're actually found in the hymns. So let's study and learn the hymns, not because we want to keep tradition alive for, for tradition's sake, but because of the rich theology that's found in those hymns. I don't know if you've noticed, but this year we started, we call the iconic hymn of the month where we'll sing one hymn every week for four weeks. And the goal is just to, to, to encapsulate that hymn and hide that in their hearts. We've had some of the examples, Mighty Fortress, Hallelujah, What a Savior, How Firm a Foundation. The third thing is I feel that the more mature members, wasn't that a nice way to put that? I try to be nice, right? The more mature members have been introduced to new hymns and styles of worship. Now listen. No one has to lie here, all right? Not supposed to lie in church anyway. I know that some of the new songs that Matt has introduced, like how I threw them under the bus, how Matt introduced to you um, this year, this past year, they're not your favorites. You don't like some of the new songs, but you know what? You swallowed it a little bit and you said, you know what? I know that it ministers to someone else. I know that that's helping someone grow closer in their walk. So you know what? That next song may not be my favorite, but I know there's one coming up that I will like. It's been amazing to see how you've embraced this transition. Now, let me be honest with you. The easiest thing for us to have done would have been to stay in two services. Why? Because you just played each other's strengths. 
You say, you like these songs, you like this way to worship, you like this environment. But the harder thing to do was to come together. But you know what? That's what families do. Families sit at the same table. Families come and they worship together. And I could not be more proud of the way that our church family has embraced this um, transition here. Bottom line, we acted like a family. We all sacrificed, and because we all sacrificed, I believe all have benefited as we have come together in worship. The second area, as far as what we've seen in 2018, I mentioned earlier, is the addition of Matt Rouse as our minister of music. I think it's hard to to gauge how much Matt has meant not only on stage on Sunday mornings, but what he's meant in ministry as a whole to our church family. Just, um, you can clap for that. That's definitely worthy. Two, two simple ways that we can gauge where we are. The first thing that we've seen is there's been a 20% increase in our choir and orchestra this year. There's been a newly revived student ministry choir that had averages 27 students that are there. A few weeks ago, we had our, our Christmas program. And in that Christmas program, it was a, an intentional shift that we made, that we wanted it to be a, a, a regular worship service led by music. But we included Lottie Moon, we included baptism, we had a 10-minute message, and I think that's why we had such a high attendance. Someone said, if you'd all your messages were 10 minutes, man, it'd be even greater. <laughs> it's coming back, come back in December, you'll get that one, all right? Do you know that we had 200 more in 2018 for that Christmas service that they led by the choir and orchestra than we did for that same service last year? We had 1,100 here on that Sunday morning. Reach doesn't just involve our worship. That's one aspect. But it also involves our missions, our international missions, our missions to those right here in our own country and even here in our own backyard. If you look at at most churches that are either declining or they plateaued in their, their church attendance, you'll see one common trend in those churches. That one trend you'll see in churches that are going in the wrong direction attendance-wise is more and more of them will take the funds that were going outside the walls of the church and they will divert them towards themselves. They'll say, well, look, we can't afford to give that much money away to other people. We need to spend more and more money on ourselves. So how are we doing in that area of international, um, uh, local, and also our, our home missions? Well, this year, um, thanks to your generosity, we gave $63,000 to Lottie Moon. Now, you know that 100% of those funds go straight to our, our international missionaries that, that are serving. Haiti and Belize, they continue to be two countries that we focus specifically on for years and years and years. And we have trips that go there and we focus on ministry there. We had 65 people from our church that attended one of those trips. 1,750 patients were ministered to over 300 pairs of eyeglasses were given through our Haiti Seas ministry. And my favorite one, 52 people made decisions for Christ as a result of those ministries. Not only that, this was our first year that we took a family mission trip to the Dominican Republic. We took 14 that went with us to serve with an orphanage there through no longer. I hope that's something that we'll be able to, to continue to do on an annual basis. Last Sunday, We had the privilege of commissioning and leading um, Morgan Pittman as she left just yesterday to fulfill God's calling on her life for this semester. She left for training yesterday um, for the Daraja African Children's Choir. 
We also have um, our, our friends, you may remember, this was three years ago at Christmas time, Austin and Emily, who they, Austin was in my, that's their pseudonyms, by the way. Um, they, they serve in an undisclosed location through the IMB in the North Africa Middle East region. We are one of their three church prayer partners that we are praying for them as they are, are serving over there. We continue to support the Bridge Church, which is in Brooklyn, New York. Um, we gave them $6,500 last year. Their main prayer request right now is for a new space. They have so many people attending, they can't fit them in there. And so they've asked us to pray that God would give them um, a new area where they could worship. By the way, don't forget, their average age of their church, 27 years old. Can you imagine? That's the average age that they have. So they're thankful, I can tell you, for our financial support, as well as other churches that are giving. In local missions, we gave, we, um, you gave, $88,000 to our Acts 1-8 offering, which was incredible um, to see a strong December that, that you came through for that. Our senior adult ministry, our, also known as the Joy Ministry, in my opinion, they lead the way in serving right here at our local community. Every single month, including just this last week, they serve at the CCC and they meet so many needs through Gail Monk and the ministries there. Um, one of our, our favorite ministries, at least one of my favorite ministries, it's right here in our own backyard. It's incredible to see the impact that they make on lives every single day is the Alabama Baptist Children's Home. And through your generosity, we gave $15,000 to the children's homes. You remember 10000 of that was given because we paid off the debt early. And in addition, that was $5,000. One of the emphases that we continue to place, um, but in particular in 2018, was our Seize the Brain ministry. You may have noticed there's a new um, Facebook page for Seize the Brain if you want to check that out. But we believe that as a church, that one of the greatest ways that we can meet the needs of those right here in our local community is to help children break that cycle of poverty. And what's the one ticket out of poverty? Education, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, if you look back at Jesus' ministry, he always met the physical need before he met the spiritual need. So we follow that example, that as we continue to meet these physical needs, then guess what? Then they will listen to us when we tell them about Jesus. Once we show them we care about them, whether it's through eyeglasses, whether it's through doctor's visits, whether it's through fixing a faucet, whether it's through an academic resource, then the goal is not to stop there, but then to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. This year, we transitioned from one school to nine schools through Seize the Brain. We are ministering to over 100 students here in our Decatur City School System every single week. We had an incredible summer camp this past year where we averaged 20 students who were here. Um, they heard the Word of God taught every single time they were here for over five weeks. And if you were here about three or four weeks ago, you saw our first baptism as a result of the Seize the Brain ministry. And I'm looking forward to, to God continuing to bless that ministry in the future. Many of you know about and you've given to our backpack ministry. You say, what is the backpack ministry all about? Well, those are backpacks that are filled with food that go to children who they may not have food throughout the weekend. The, the school system helps them Monday through Friday, but what happens over the weekend? Well, we partner with three schools. We give every single week 93 backpacks. And last year, there were 27,000 food items that were distributed because of your love and your generosity. Finally, we have the, the love in action. That was a ministry that we, 
kind of developed as a result of our angel tree ministry, but we wanted to do more than just minister to the individual. We wanted to minister to the entire family. How can we wrap our arms around these struggling families? And also, eventually, how can we share the gospel with them? How can we share with them, this is the reason why we celebrate at Christmas? This year, we helped 26 families, over 70 children, over 400 gifts were given, and best of all, nine people made decisions for Christ. All of that, and I'm not even mentioning, here goes the list, TVO, NCC, CCC, First Priority, FCA, Nations of Coaches, Calvary Love Liberia, Calvary Love Blackie, Kentucky, which is Paul Radosevich, East Acres, Worship by the River, Save a Life, Meals on Wheels, Shining Stars, and Harold Coomer Homeless Ministry. That's the impact that we continue to make as a church family as we look beyond the walls of what's happening. All those people I just mentioned, they may never step foot into the sanctuary, but you know what? They're created in the image of God, and it's our calling in life to be salt and light right where God has planted us. Amen? All right. Not only reach, how about in connect? Connect involves Bible study and fellowship. Connect primarily occurs through our small group ministry. It happens on, on Sunday mornings, but we have some that are off campus as well. So let's look at Sunday school. I just shared a bunch of good stuff with you, all right? This one's not so good. Let me just go ahead and admit that we're struggling in this area. We, we're going in the, in the opposite direction of where we need to go. Our average in 2018 was 13 less than where it was in 2017. We, we, we've got plans and we're focusing on how we're going to grow that though. But let me, show, let me share with you what these numbers don't show. They don't share with you some of the stories that I get to hear about how Sunday school classes specifically met needs, how they ministered to someone who was sick, how they reached out to someone that, when they had a need. Just this year, we had one class that added eight new people to their small group. Well, we're going to continue to be innovative. We've got to say, you know, is it on campus? Is it off campus? Is it a non-traditional? Whatever it takes, because we believe, according to God's word, that God doesn't want us to grow in a vacuum. God wants us to grow together and be held accountable with a group of believers. So listen to me. If you're a member of First Baptist and you are not involved in a small group, let me tell you, you are missing one of the greatest blessings that this church can provide. Small groups are where ministry happens. It's where you share your heart. It's where prayer requests happen. It's where ministry happens. It's where the meals are taken care of, and you need to be a part of that. Connect also involves our education ministries. We have tremendous leadership from our preschool all the way through our senior adults. Quickly, let me just give you a rundown of what happened in 2018 in preschool. This is incredible. We had 29 families, not 29 individuals, but 29 families visit who had preschool children. Aren't you thankful for Renee and her leadership? She does a tremendous job there. I'm just as excited about that next number. And that's that we had six visiting families and staff from our Church Street Academy. And that's a direct result of Teresa Letson and her heart for outreach, her heart for evangelism. But that's the purpose of this ministry, not just to stop with the academic, but to, to mold hearts and, and shape hearts to love and to know Jesus Christ and for them to be actively involved in a church. And if they're not involved in a church, you know what? We're going after them hard because we believe that every person needs to be a part of a local church. In our children's ministry, we saw a 27% increase in BBS attendance from 2017 to 2018. 
We also saw a change in curriculum. Um, we know that, that the Bible engagement, as we talked about last week, is the key spiritual discipline for growth. And so we changed to what's called the Gospel Project, to where our children, if they're here for three years, they will go through the Bible chronologically. If they're here from first through sixth grade, they will go through the whole Bible two separate times. What an incredible thing that's happening in our, our, our children's ministry, our student ministry. We had 135 students that were part of DNOW last year. DNOW is coming up in two weeks this year. We saw 10 baptisms of our students. And one of the things that I love about Caleb and the student ministry is it continues to be focused on the gospel. We can have fun. We, should, we can play games. But at the heart of everything we do, it's got to be centered around God's word. God's word is what will change lives. And we continue to have a student ministry that's founded and based on the gospel. Our joy ministry, we saw 19 new Sunday school members that were a part of our senior adult ministry. Not only that, I think one of the distinguishing marks of our senior adult ministry is the way they love, the way they care, but particularly how they serve in this church. We would be lost without the leadership of our senior adults and the way they continue to support every aspect across the board in our church. Now, the final piece of this strategy, it involves serve. And that means how are we serving in and through the ministries of First Baptist. I'll go and admit to you, this one's kind of hard for me to gauge because even as the pastor, I can't put my hands around everything that's going on and all that's happening in Sunday school classes and all that's going on in our different areas of ministry. But here's what I could gather. We had over 600 visits, pastoral care visits, by Roger and by the men who are part of our deacon serve team. That's hospital visits, that's homebound, widows, funerals, rehab, 600 visits that were made. We have 111 who serve on our first impressions team. Those are our greeters and our ushers. And you say, why, why, why are those people important? Because studies show that someone will decide whether a church is friendly or not, or whether or not they will even attend a church again before the service even starts. And so we see that, that benefit of those who are serving on that first impressions team. We have 97 Sunday school teachers. Let me say that again. 97 Sunday school teachers. I believe these people are the backbone of this church. They spend countless hours preparing lessons, contacting our people, staying up to date, and helping our church remain faithful to the Word of God. We have 102 volunteers who serve in our extended care. You say, well, what's the big deal? They're just babysitting. No, no, they're not. When you serve in extended care, you're providing that loving atmosphere so that the parents can enjoy and sit and learn what God is trying to teach them. It's also developing for our preschoolers a healthy foundation and a love for church so they want to continue to come as they get older. This, all of a sudden, and I'm running out of time, this doesn't even include, let me share what it doesn't include, choir and orchestra members, tech team on Sunday mornings, bus drivers, Amy Tubbs and Betty Rogers that provide our flowers every single Sunday, the hospitality team, especially all that they do at Christmas and on Easter, upward coaches and refs, our benevolence team, all the countless committee and advisory teams, and on and on and on. Those are the ways that you are serving in and through the ministries of our church. Last thing before we sing some more. What about our, our financial accomplishments in 2018? We just wrapped up a calendar year. How did we do as a church family? Well, in 2018, you gave $2,439,856 to the 2018 ministry plan. The good news is, for the second time in, I think, 10 years, 
we went over budget in our giving, which is a, a tremendous thing. $55,000 that you gave over our budget and over a five-year period, that's 7% more that we've given as we continue to grow as a church. I already shared with you in Acts 1-8 that we ended um, at $88,000. This is one of my most exciting financial figures, though. We gave $330,000 to missions. $330,000 that didn't stay. That, you can clap. That's, that's great. As a church family, we understand it's not just about what happens here. It's about how we go and we serve out there. Not only did we have a, a ministry plan there, we also started the year, you'll remember, $590,000 in debt. This was almost a 20-year debt that we had. Um, by the end of the year, you gave $631,000 towards that debt. That means that we not only paid off the debt, but we now have a $41,000 excess from that, which promise you will be used towards the many repairs that we have. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes um, about our church family. But the most exciting thing to me about that was that we had 303 families that participate in greater things. It wasn't just a few people that gave a large gift. It was we came together again, just like in worship when we got together. We said, we're a family. And as a family, we all pitch in together to be a part of this. See, this is more than a balance sheet. It's more than a budget. This is about us coming together and recognizing this is God's money and that we are going to faithfully steward what God has entrusted to us as individuals and families, but also as a church family, to accomplish His kingdom work. This morning, I'm not prideful and come to you and say, hey, great job. We don't get excited because we have more money in the bank. You know why we get excited? Because more and more people are becoming aware and understanding that everything that we have is God's and that we are going to be good stewards of our life, of our time, of our families, and even in our finances, we are going to trust and demonstrate that He is first in our lives. Now, before we stand and sing, let me just share one specific passage from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote this passage while he was in prison. He wrote, writes it to the church of Philippi. Most people think that he was in Rome as he wrote this passage. My hope is that this passage would be our prayer in 2019. That as we thank God for what he did in and through this incredible church family in 2018, that we will, as what Paul is about to say, press on. And what does that mean? He's, he's, the imagery is of, of a guy that's about, or a girl that's about to run a sprint. And she's getting ready. She's eager. She has that sense of urgency, that sense of urgency that he has. And this is my prayer that we would do this in 2019. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. May we always strive forward and lean forward to say, man, let me keep focused on what God has in store for me. So let's stand together again and let's continue in worship. And in just a few minutes, I want to share a few ways that we're going to focus on that in 2019.